0: ht smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by HD smartcast hello and welcome to mint i am nasreen sultana you are listening to all things markets where i speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets Investors are eagerly watching company results to see whether earnings growth justifies share price gains during the sizzling stock market rally this year. Companies are facing rising investor expectations going into the second quarter earnings season as the Indian markets have outperformed global peers with valuations near historic highs. However, the market faces possible headwinds from rising commodity and energy prices, global supply-side disruptions and potentially unfavourable bond-to-equity yield dynamics. So, how critical are September quarter earnings for markets as liquidity normalisation both by the U.S. Federal Reserve and RBI may start to set in soon? To understand that, I'm in conversation with Ajay Tyagi, Head of Equity, UTI AMC. Hi, Mr. Tyagi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nasreen so um as we are speaking we are just started with the uh, september quarter earnings uh, so first up if i have to ask you how critical would be the september quarter earnings and more specifically how much would it mean for this corporate earnings to meet expectations especially at a juncture uh, because the liquidity normalization probably was is setting in both by the central banks uh, in the US and in and by rBI
1: So you're right. uh, Getting into second quarter earnings, uh, we are looking at a season which at least meets expectations, if not surpasses expectations. Uh, We've seen what happened with TCS the other day in terms of slightly disappointing on the expectations. And as a result, um, the stock price not only for TCS, but for the entire sector actually uh, seeing a correction. So you know, at the valuation at which the markets are trading, and I would say barring a couple of sectors, most other sectors are trading at at least 15 to 20% higher than their average valuations, really warrants a very strong earnings season, really warrants earnings print at least meeting expectations, if not uh, exceeding them. So I think uh, uh, that, is, that is what most of us would be looking for getting into the earnings season. As far as liquidity is concerned, I have slightly differing views. Basically, uh, you know, markets typically tend to move one way or the other on the basis of something which comes as a surprise. Now, the fact that Fed is about to taper, the fact that uh, we would see liquidity being sucked out of the market slowly but surely over the next few quarters is something which has been, uh, I would say, known to the equity markets in general over the past few quarters. So this is not going to be a, uh, to be an unsettling event, according to me. Of course, yes, can't rule out a few days or few weeks of volatility around the final uh, uh, decision whenever it is taken. But I don't think it's going to upset the market.
0: Okay. But speaking about earnings, uh, this quarter uh, – There are a lot of constraints. One is, of course, the global commodity prices. But besides that, we are also seeing a supply chain disruptions or constraint that uh, especially in the auto sector. Uh, Do you think this would be a bigger issue going by? And which sectors besides auto is likely to get pinched because of the constraint? I
1: think this is a good question. Certainly auto, because that's grabbed the uh, headlines uh, over the last many months. We all know how uh, auto majors have been taking plant shutdowns because there's been uh, chip shortage all around. But equally, uh, uh, you may have also read and noticed that there has been a shortage of shipping and tankers uh, and containers, I should say, around the globe. And there have been many exporters from India who've been complaining about these container shortages. And this would actually impact a lot of the sectors across the board, especially companies that have been exporting. Equally, there have been supply chain uh, challenges in the chemical industry, basically because of problems in China, because of the uh, shutdowns that uh, the Chinese government has enforced on a lot of polluting industries on account of environmental concerns and so on. So I think, uh, you know, in the short run, you would see these challenges surface for the auto sector, for the chemical sector, for a lot of exporters across uh, different sectors. But what we also understand is that we finally see an expiry date, uh, you know, to all of these challenges. And possibly by the end of this calendar year itself, we would, uh, at least that's what we've been given uh, to believe, based on interactions with corporates uh, across the industry. By the end of this calendar year, we should be able to, uh, you know, see a lot of these uh, constraints getting smoothened out and just trailing off.
0: Okay, so that actually, uh, you know, brings me to another question: is A, because you said end of this year, so would that also mean that third quarter of this fiscal will also have this headwinds of supply constraint? And B, you mentioned uh, chemical industry because supply uh, shortage in containers. Uh, But what about power? Because that's one crisis that probably is looming for uh, bigger states like Delhi and Maharashtra.
1: Correct. So, uh, you see... uh as far as third quarter is concerned, you're right. We are already 15 days into third quarter. And uh, you see, this is a very important quarter for us because this is where uh, the festive season basically uh, comes in. Mm, and right. given the situation we are in today, I can, I can fairly uh, comfortably surmise that uh, the consumer shopping around the festive season, of course, is going to be uh, uh, strong compared to last year. What may get impacted on account of shortages, especially in the uh, sectors that we mentioned. From an Indian consumer standpoint, auto stands out. So therefore, uh, we would see waiting lists get only longer in the auto sector. The other two sectors that I mentioned, which is chemicals and exports, actually don't impact the Indian consumer per se. Of course, they would impact the companies that are uh, into into these industries, but from an Indian consumer perspective, it's basically the auto sector. Your second question was uh, so here I can only say that we've been into such kind of situation a couple of times in the past. I do remember uh, a couple of years back we had a similar situation again around uh, Diwali, and uh, at that stage, somehow the central government was able to, uh, you know, get their act together, uh, you know, get the uh, coal production. Uh, you know, improve uh, and also uh, get the dispatches back into the major consumption center. So, at this point of time, I can only hope and pray that we enter into a we don't enter into a situation where there are uh, uh, you know blackouts. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does seem to me, based on uh, the interview given by uh, the power minister a couple of days back, that they are on top of the situation and they would be able to. Uh, find a solution to this. This is a surmountable problem. I don't mm. think this is a problem which can fester for long.
0: Okay. Yeah. okay. So as uh, markets are hitting uh, record high, uh, almost, uh, you know, at regular intervals, do you think that uh, Indian equities are running ahead of fundamentals? I understand the economy is recovering, but it is still not at a, at, at a stage where we can say that the revival is complete
1: correct so yes uh, i would agree with the statement that the valuations are high like i mentioned earlier uh, you know and i should i should uh, state the uh, numbers again here basically the valuations are about 20% higher for the markets as a whole compared to their long term averages in certain sectors the valuation is uh, even higher than this 20% and in certain sectors, we do have the comfort of valuations being very close to long-term averages. So that's the situation as the overall market is concerned. Now, uh, these valuations can be justified only when we see the earnings growth, not only for the coming quarters, but well into FI23 and beyond, remaining very strong. Do remember that these valuations are in a way suggesting that the Indian uh, economy has turned the corner it's been a struggle even pre-pandemic for us. You may recollect that even the pre-pandemic quarter had a sub-5% uh, real GDP print. So the struggle for the Indian economy in terms of growth has been there for the last, I would say, approximately three, three and a half years. And as a consequence, earnings has also been uh, very tepid over the last uh, three to four years. The uh, current prices, and the current valuations are suggesting to us that we will uh, get back to our trend growth numbers of six to seven percent on uh, real GDP, and therefore our trend numbers on earnings would also catch up to, let's say, the mid-teens. Okay. If okay. this plays out, I think uh, uh, we need not worry too much. But if we get disappointed on account of this, then clearly there is a case for markets correcting and at least coming down to their average valuation.
0: Hmm. See, typically, Indian markets have always been at a premium. I'm talking about the PE valuations compared to our emerging markets or the uh, global counterparts. Now, at this point of time, uh, both Sensex and Nifty are uh, trading at uh, 20 plus one year forward PE. Uh, as a fund manager, are you comfortable with the valuations factoring in the expectations of earnings and, uh, of course, the way markets have been running, the, the rally rate has been quite good.
1: So, you see, there are a, a few things here which we uh, need to note. So, you're right, uh, valuations are not giving uh, comfort to any investor. But, uh, you see, the nature of this beast is such that while uh, you know, the markets are in a state of rally, there would always be something which would be left out. If we go 20 years back, I can just remind you that, you know, in the phase of 2004 to 2007, when we had a very, very strong rally, there were a few sectors which basically didn't participate at all. I would say the IT sector and the consumer sector were not particularly, that uh, did not go through a particularly bullish phase during that period. Equally, Post-2009, after the Lehman crisis and the huge bounce that we saw post the crisis, uh, IT did very well, pharma did very well, but a few other sectors did not participate at all. Equally, after 2013 and 14, uh, you know, both IT and pharma did not participate, whereas consumer and banking did very, very well. If I look at, and in fact, even auto did very well, If I look at the situation today, you know, it's clearly visible to everybody that in the last uh, one and a half years, from the bottom that we saw in March 2020, and this rally has been going on uh, since then, we haven't seen the auto sector participate. We haven't seen the consumer sector participate, uh, by which I mean consumer staples, by the way. We haven't seen... Uh, you know, private sector banks actually uh, participate that well, especially in the last eight to nine months. This rally has been more led by metals. It has been led by real estate. It has been led by infrastructure uh, and some of the other sectors that I just mentioned, and also technology. uh, But some of the other sectors that I mentioned, I have not participated. So, you know, uh, that is why I said uh, you would always find opportunities even in a bullish market. It is up to you to take a longer-range view and not chase momentum. In fact, look at businesses, which in the long run will certainly create value, but for a variety of reasons are being punished today. Auto sector is a case in point where everybody feels that there is a huge amount of disruption, and therefore, most auto OEMs as well as auto ancillaries will enter into a phase of of, of destruction. uh, you know, if you closely analyze, they would clearly emerge certain winners even out of this phase of transition from combustion engines to EVs. Mm-hmm. And if you are able to lay your hands on them, you would find them trading at extremely attractive valuations notwithstanding where the overall markets are today. So uh, with that kind of a framework, yes, in general, we feel uncomfortable. But with this framework in mind, we are still able to see certain pockets of Uh, uh, I would say favorable risk return uh, proposition.
0: Okay. So what about mid and small caps? Uh, Now, both the sector uh, stocks have been running at a faster pace than the larger cap peers. Uh, But we generally see that the smaller stocks uh, also fall at a faster pace whenever the stock markets go into a correction phase. Now, because we are at a very elevated levels in terms of the benchmark indices, Probably there could be some corrections. And at, at that point of time, do you think that the mid and small cap would fall at a faster pace?
1: I would agree with this observation. That's the nature of uh, mid and small caps. Uh, they, they rise, uh, you know, uh, much faster than large caps and they equally fall uh, faster and, and have a steeper slope when they, when they start to fall. And that's basically because, you know, they are illiquid, number one, which means that they are amenable to, uh, you know, let's say retail investors or certain group of investors having a huge impact cost on them on both directions. That's point number one. Point number two, you see mid and small caps by their very nature are businesses which still haven't, uh, you know, reached to a stage where their balance sheets are very, very strong, where their cash flows are steady. Where they can self-sustain themselves and self-fund themselves, uh, and this is a comment that I'm making in general. Of course, you would you would always find certain mid and small caps, which mm-hmm. uh, which have perfected their business model already. But in general, mid and small caps typically are at a stage of their life cycle where they are still vulnerable to externalities, to exogenous variables. So uh, because of these two factors, their rise is sharp and their fall is equally sharp. If the markets were to correct. Uh, over the next three months, six months, or twelve months, I most certainly uh, would would actually expect the mid and small caps to correct more than the large caps.
0: Mm. So, now-
1: so to come back uh, to your to your question, basically, yes, we need to exercise caution when uh, when uh, when making incremental investments into mid and small caps
0: right uh, now we've also we've spoken a lot about the challenges uh, about the supply chain and the earnings uh, not meeting expectations but besides that uh, do you have uh, any do you do you think that there are other risks that could derail this the fantastic stock market rally that we have seen in india so far
1: sure i think my uh, take on this is that it will have to be the uh, commodity price inflation that we are witnessing globally. India, as we are well aware, is a net importer of various commodities, crude oil, natural gas, in fact, uh, certain metals as well. Uh, In fact, uh, increase in agri-commodities also hurts uh, India and Indian consumers. All of these things, of course, seep into our inflation, which basically uh, makes the case for reversal of interest rates even stronger. But even before it seeps into our inflation, it does, uh, uh, you know, play havoc with our uh, current account and trade account deficits, which in turn have an impact on our currency. Mm-hmm. And therefore, as far as these macroeconomic vectors are concerned, all of them start to look ugly when inflation uh, starts to move up. So, if you ask me, my big risk factor it would be uh, increase in commodity prices globally, increase in Globally, that's never good for a net importing country like uh, like India. Yeah,
0: right. Uh, but just adding to that, uh, because. Uh, the Fed has already given an indication of uh, interest rate hike and some few of the global central banks are also started uh, increasing their rates and probably RBI is also going to join uh, in its um, December quarter, uh, sorry, December monetary policy review. Most uh, economies are penciling in uh, increase in rate. Now, in a scenario as such, if their interest rates start uh, increasing, the cheap money available in the markets probably would no, no, no longer be available you think that that may impact uh, the stock market's rally uh, overall?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, yes. Theoretically, if you ask me, it should. Rise in interest rate impacts uh, the evaluation framework in multiple ways. It, number one, increases the cost of capital and therefore the required rate of return. Uh, And and as the required rate of return increases, prices have to fall uh, to meet that. That's point number one. Point number two, of course, is for leverage businesses, and as we all know, majority businesses in the country in some way or the other do run some kind of leverage, do have some bank borrowings. As cost of money increases, uh, basically the profit margins come down because the interest costs for businesses would increase. So so yes, increasing interest rates does definitely mean that it is bad for uh, uh, you know stock prices, bad for equity markets uh, uh, in general. But you see, there is never, uh, you know, one factor working in isolation. There are a multitude of factors which are always at play in any economy. Typically, uh, when we would see rise in interest rates, it should be concomitant with improvement in economic activity. Now, at the fag end of economic activity, when markets have, when economy has become overheated, and therefore the central bank uh, is making an attempt to cool down the overheated economy and therefore steeply increasing interest rates, it certainly is bad. But if the start of the interest rate cycle is just to kind of uh, go back to the fact that, look, interest rates need to be normalized, uh, economic activity is picking up, therefore we need not uh, put in so much of liquidity in the market, we need to get into a normalized uh, uh, framework right now, it is initially not as bad. Do remember the phase between 2000 to 2007, which were the go go years for the Indian economy in terms of uh, growth rate, interest mm-hmm. rates kept rising through these three or four years, but yet it did not impact the economic activity, yet it did not impact the uh, capital markets and the equity markets. So it has to be a little more nuanced. Uh, theoretically, interest rates are bad, rise in interest rates are bad, uh, but uh, if it is a company with improving economic activity, the interplay of these two factors may well lead to a situation which is still favorable.
0: Okay. All right. On that note, uh, Mr. Tyagi, thanks a lot for uh, sharing those insights and uh, your time. Thank you so much.
1: It was a pleasure talking to you, Nasreen. Thank you so much for getting me here.
0: For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at Or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen's Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.